You're listening to the Dermatology SOS podcast. I'm your host, Claire Darmody, and as always, I'm joined by our SOSers, consultant dermatologists, Professor Nikki Ralph and Professor Katrina Ryan. This week, we're going to chat about skin cancer. Skin cancer is the most common cancer in Ireland with over 13,000 new cases diagnosed every year. The National Cancer Registry expects this number to double by 2040, so it's definitely worth talking about. Hello ladies. Hey, Claire. This week we're going to chat about skin cancer. Um, And skin cancer is the most common in Ireland with over 13,000 new cases diagnosed every year. And apparently the National Cancer Registry expect that number to double by 2040. So very much worth talking Mm -hmm. about, I think, today. Absolutely. Um, Very stark figures there. Why is skin cancer so prevalent in Ireland? Well, there's there's lots of um, reasons, Claire, I suppose. Uh, One of the biggest reasons is that we're, we're living longer. So, you know, a lot of people don't get their skin cancers till, you know, sort of the last third of their life. But now people are living much longer than they did before. So that's one of, one of the obvious reasons. We have more people around and, and older people around. Is skin um, cancer becoming more prevalent in loads of countries all over the world? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, but in, in Ireland, the, the other big factor is that for the last 20, 30 years, as, as um, air travel increased and our incomes and our, and our disposable income increased, people started going on sun holidays a lot more. There was that whole era of sunbed use um, and and people, you know, trying to get tans as well. So we're, we're seeing the, the, um, the results of that now, particularly, um, you know, there's a lag period before somebody, somebody develops their skin cancer. So a lot of that has been seen now. Um, but we're outdoors a lot more, you know, um, you know, with, with our leisure activities and whatnot as well. So um, there's lots playing into it. Um, and so just in case anyone doesn't know, what are the main causes and risk factors for skin cancer? What are the, the main reasons are the sun, are they? The sun, mainly. And yeah. I mean, there's it, there's rare cases of genetic um, syndromes that would put you at increased risk of skin cancer, but obviously, yes, yeah, sunbeds and uh, and the sun. And actual sun, which is why. Yeah, and it's not and just sunburns, it's the cumulative effect of sun over your lifetime. So if you were an outdoor worker and you worked for years in your youth with your top off, you know, you're more likely to develop a skin cancer okay. because of that regular cumulative effect. But of course, as, as Katrina was saying, decades ago, we all started going to, you know, Spain and Portugal for two weeks and we like raced over there, closed straight off, got a burn peeled and and did it all over again the following year later yeah yeah. exactly and (laughs) and we're majority of people in ireland have that fair skin and type one or type two skin that just doesn't have the ability to tan so we tend to you know burn freckle and then peel off and we do have some like maybe wrong beliefs around the sun in ireland don't we there is this idea Mm -hmm. that you know if you go to spain you might put your factor on but in ireland you just don't think you need to or it doesn't get that hot that's another problem is it absolutely temperature yeah it's not you know if you're waiting for a sunny day in ireland to put your sun cream on you'd you'd never put it on Um, and actually get more cumulative damage over the whole year in ireland than you do when you're two weaker in spain people are brilliant at putting on their sunblock in spain not here Um, and particularly when it comes to non-melanoma skin cancer it, it really is the face the neck the ears that hands things that see the you know see the outdoors every day that don't have clothes on that get all of the you know the the, the non-melanoma skin cancer so um you know that um is the main reason we, we try and tell our patients to use some like every day of the year so that they're not causing those sort of issues we see this so much more though in in the likes of as nikki says farmers postmen um people who, who play a lot of golf fishermen um so that day-to-day outdoors living in ireland and um, really puts people at risk and um and and people completely neglect um some luck when they're in ireland i think and is it more so you've named a good few professions that it's probably fair to say probably that for the most part they're all men it's mostly postmen farmers but then there's you know there's teachers out every day doing yard duty like they'd be outside for 30 40 minutes is skin cancer more common in men 
I mean, so so non-melanoma skin cancer would be, um, but when it comes to um, to uh, melanoma, um, no. Oh. So we, we see it okay. in both, and and actually melanoma is more of a, com- a consequence. All types of UV exposure, chronic and acute, um, do um, play into it. But melanoma, um, you know, it's a history of burns, you know, and all of us burn, and it can be that burn on the beach down in British Bay. Yeah. You know, I think people get burnt more in Ireland than they get burnt they abroad as well. Remember it more if you tell um, them, if you ask them, did you ever get something? Oh yeah, there was that one time I was in Wexford or that one time, you know, so childhoods on the beach yeah. and everything else. So um, when it comes to, to melanoma, um, it, it's it's those those sun burnings, especially burns, you know. And, and actually, when I ask people often, have you ever had a sunburn? They say no, and I say, so you've never, you know, peeled. Oh yeah, I've peeled loads of times, but they don't consider that that you have. You know, if you're peeling, it means you've been burnt. That your skin has been damaged. It's red. Yeah. So I think a lot of people think yeah. sunburn is lots of they, blisters yeah. and ending up in hospital. Yeah. So you know, I'm talking about anyone. Do people who, really think that? Think oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never yeah. sunburned. Okay, you, you never had any peeling. Everything has been sunburned. Everyone has been sunburned. Anyone with their skin type, absolutely. Everyone with their skin type, but in other countries in the world, no. So I think we forget that we have skin that's really sensitive to the sun and should. You know, tanned really. It sh- yeah, it shouldn't can't, be seen. You know, so we're meant a, to live in is Ireland. A, is, a, yeah. is, da- is damaged. Yeah. The only yeah. self tan is the only safe tan, basically. So let's go back just to explain maybe what is non melanoma cancer, skin cancer. So they're the most common types of skin cancer, yeah. and thankfully the ones that you know are deemed less serious. So we start with the the commonest one, which is basal cell carcinoma, or BCC, we call them for short. Uh, and thankfully they don't spread inside the body; they'll never take a day off your life. But if they're in an area like at your lip, or you know, at the eye, or around the nose, they can be quite disfiguring to mm. to fix surgically. Um, so um, that would be the commonest one that we would see, and they can present in a variety of different ways. They can just start off as a, a pink, kind of almost dry, scaly patch. Um, like commonly a on the sore trunk. Or something. Yeah, like a sore that's not going away. And then eventually over time, they're very, very slow growing, often over years, um, they might start to bleed as the top layer just starts to, to come away. So people will just say, I had this sore and it just won't go away. But they tend not to be actually particularly painful. Um, versus squamous cell carcinomas, which do have a precursor, uh, and they're called actinic keratosis. So this is all still in the non melanoma family. Also in the okay, non-melanoma. Yeah. So you will see lots of you know patients in their 50s 60s 70s just they might describe that they have just dry skin around the temples and the foreheads or across their cheeks that just doesn't go away no matter how much they moisturize and they're technically precancerous uh, lesions so they can develop into squamous cell carcinomas uh, and squam- what, what can you do with that well we can treat them with a combination of cryotherapy uh, and we also just have freezing. yes freezing sorry it's it's uh, anyone who's ever had like a water of or something yeah. might have had that when they were younger uh, and then we can use topical therapies which essentially destroys the sun damage cells um, to, to regenerate normal skin then um, and of course advising them to continue to use sunscreen and introduce it to their routine so that um, like that little rash or something I, I, yeah. I, I suppose I don't understand really um, how something that's a sore that you're describing that like looks bad and doesn't go away you wouldn't go to a doctor well, for but like a rash or a little bumpy you yeah, might you could leave yeah. that but the other you? thing you oh, find yeah. is with skin cancers in, as people get older they sometimes need their glasses to see and if you've got a little skin cancer out to the side you know you might not, you might not see, see it could be under the glasses mm-hmm. you would see a lot of people with little skin cancers down the side of their temples or the, and they just don't see it as easily and it's only when it becomes a certain size or a bump that they kind of go I can feel something there so it's very slow uh, how it happens and sometimes if somebody else points it out to them and says oh you've got something there on the side of your head or often yeah. it's even us. Somebody yeah. comes because they That's have what I was acne thinking. or rosacea. Yeah, yeah. And we, my, myself and Nikki anyway, always do a full skin check the first time we meet anyone medically. And mm. um, we look all over their skin and you'll point something out and they'll say, 
Oh, you know, always that was, had that. I think yeah. that was, a, you know, a scar. I think my, my glasses have been rubbing or, yeah. but, you know, they do. And you say, well, actually, I think we're going to have to take a biopsy, maybe a skin cancer. And they're shocked. Mm. But, you know, it's something that they've just grown used to. Yeah. Or, oh, I thought that was just a bit of dry, dry skin, skin, but it won't go away. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think people often, um, uh, when they think of skin cancer, they think of a Moles. dangerous mole. Yeah. yeah. But Which we'll often, talk about in a yeah. second. And but they yeah. have pigmented thing you, in you their head. You both talked so. about this on the face. Are, can these little sores happen? anywhere really on your body yeah but I suppose commonly the sun exposed like yeah. your yeah. arms and, and for men face, unfortunately because your they tend to lose their hair um, more easily their and ears, earlier yeah. and the tops of their ears and we're not good so in that's this where country. you might get those little sores and the really hands yeah, yeah. hands yeah. lots they're people, always out people always forget there's some uh, some luck in their hands so if they're going off playing golf they might they might have gotten very good at putting on their sun black they, don't they remember hands. their hands yeah. you know yeah. sometimes they have a glove on one hand and no glove on the other and they've got pre-cancers all over one hand and the other hand is fine oh really yeah yeah so um, really important. So pre-cancer, um, if you spot it and then you treat it, the outcome is good, and then obviously oh, they'll continue to right. To, but to it see doesn't mean they wouldn't. Yeah, exactly. As time goes on, you'll watch for that. Yeah, so then yeah, once they're yeah. kind of under your wing, you can kind of keep an eye. And, and yeah. typically, those sort of patients, if they're getting a lot of pre-cancers, if they've had skin cancers, we'll be seeing them regularly anyway. So we'll keep on top of that. Um, it's not like the sun ever fell on just on one spot of their face. Mm-hmm. So the chances are that they'll continue to make more of these things, and and you know, I consider my job is to keep them away from surgery as Absolutely, much as possible yeah. so if I can keep these cold mm. that's what we do um, and they keep wearing their sunblock because you know I can be mopping up the damage on one end but I don't want them to continue the cumulative damage on the other end so that we're, we're just addressing it from the get-go mm. then what are the surgical options there if it, it so gets worse is it you need so to kind of dig cut, it out nearly yeah. if it's a skin cancer we cut, we cut it out yeah. we have to cut it out so we'll often biopsy first to see that it is a skin cancer and what type of skin cancer it is um, and then um, we need to take it out and a rim of healthy skin around mm-hmm. it usually about four millimetres of healthy skin around it and then sew it up mm-hmm. um, if it's and big yeah. enough sometimes they need um, you know is that um, a proper surgery or is that just mm-hmm. well yeah it's under local anaesthetic for yeah. majority yeah. you can go back to work after it typically yeah depends yeah but yeah. is in it's not insignificant because sometimes the, the lesion that the person is seeing because it's so subtle and sometimes it's almost you know skin colored to pink they don't even see it you're giving them at least two two and a half times sometimes the length scar wise okay. and they could nearly not see it first so you do have to explain that to them and um, most people can have it done under local anesthetic unless it's a much larger job whereby they'd be going to the plastic surgeon uh, potentially having a flap or a graft and sometimes people would choose to have it done under general anesthetic so are they the only two ways a non-melanoma will present the kind of angry-looking sore that gets worse, or the kind of scaly skin, or is there anything Sometimes else? Sometimes it's for just a little pearly bump yeah, in subtle, the skin. Really subtle. Um, only you guys cell. are going to see that, though, no? No, that they they often will come and they, and they don't know if it's a mole or it's a bump or if it's a cyst. They'll say sometimes, and then you see this little. It's often sort of skin-coloured, almost pearly-looking, like a tag, um, a, little, a skin tag almost. Uh, Except it doesn't hang off, yeah. Okay. Um, smoother okay. and little um, broken blood vessels in it sometimes. Mm. A lot of basal cells, the BCCs, that the, you know, the commonest type that Nikki talked about, um, can be quite subtle. Um, but the patient, patients will know that they have a little lump there that they didn't have before, and it's slowly growing. Um, you know, and sometimes it can bleed intermittently. But it mightn't. It mightn't be a cut or a sore. It may be just a bump. Okay, so yeah. they, they, but they, they'll probably say to a doctor or something because yeah. it'll be bothering them even aesthetically. Yeah, because they then, might be rubbing on moisturizer okay. and say, God, there's definitely something there and it just won't it's go getting away. bigger. Like, basically, anyone can get a spot, but yeah. you regenerate the top layer of your skin every 21 to 28 days. So we can all get a spot. So you sh- it's so four weeks. Is that about yeah, if something doesn't go? If something's that, not that's gone, a great rule. It, yeah, if it's yeah, not yeah. gone in four weeks, 
go and get yeah. it checked which is probably a good rule for everything because you're, if your body's functioning well everything should be healing like that and if yeah. it's not skin cancer but something isn't healing you probably need to have a quick look at everything to see if you have another infection or, you know isn't that and, and I think with um, with any type of cancer not just the skin um, you know but particularly you know with, with you know in our case with melanoma if something is addressed early yeah, um, it can be completely cured it can save your life Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and if it's just left that extra, you know, year or so, you know, it can often be fatal. So if you're, if you're not sure, just get it checked out. Yeah. And, and GPs are great at dermatology too. It doesn't mean that you have to make an appointment with a dermatologist. You know, go to your GP. If they're worried, they will absolutely send you on. But I think if there's any question, if there's an, a non-healing wound, cut, lump, or a changing mole, you know, and I know you're going to talk about that later, but a changing mole or a new mole, anything that you're not sure of, just come and see your GP. It's so easy to, to, to get a fix. As, as Nikki said, if we do have to cut out a skin cancer, you know, it takes us about 20 minutes. Um, you know, it, it's a really quick thing um, and easily fixed compared to, the oh, you know, if somebody goes later. So, and it, it, that, that's... Um, that's the same for every type of. I know. I wonder it's if going COVID for your smear. A legacy of it's people going didn't for go your, for those we things. We do have COVID in general. Call, unfortunately, COVID casualties where yeah. some people were just afraid to come. Um, and that extra time went, and they didn't and get just something. Hoping it would go away, or hoping that it wouldn't change any further, and then they finally arrived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that it was. We, we, we each had a, um, a few patients like that that left things too long. So that's non-melanoma, and once it's caught, it's not going to spread to the other parts of your body. It could keep coming back in different places but you keep you can keep on top of it it's not so, going to be fatal so so basal, basal cells, cells the first yeah. one um is not going you know typically doesn't spread. one in forty thousand cases spread it's but rare. that's typically if it's huge and like someone's, someone's totally left neglected. it for decades yeah. potentially yeah. Um, really doesn't really happen yeah. yeah so one in forty thousand like i've never seen it in my career the the um the the squamous cell carcinoma the second type um that can spread so it can spread to the lymph nodes, oh. um, you know, and... Especially um, at high-risk sites. So if you got it, you know, around your eye, your ear, somewhere lip, near the, ear, the lips, yeah. sometimes, um, yeah. you know, head and neck. So especially if they were very big or they were very aggressive, that can spread. You know, so that's a little bit, that's more dangerous than yeah. the basal cell, especially if somebody ha- is immunosuppressed for some reason. So we see a lot of these type in people who have had transplants mm-hmm. and are on transplant medications. So, um, you know making sure to, to, to get rid of all of the precancers and treat any of the skin cancers early is imp- important in that population. And then the next type then is melanoma, which um, is very serious. Very serious. It's unfortunately, because yeah. it can spread, yeah. yeah. So what, like, tell me about melanoma. So I suppose for the majority... This is the moles. Yes, yeah, majority are pigmented lesions, so they tend to be brown, but, you know, rarely it can be what we call amelanotic melanoma so it's pink so that's why it's really important to say to anyone for any spot that just isn't going away in four weeks or so to get it checked out but the majority of patients it's actually a, a new lesion as opposed to a pre-existing mole that changes I think there's a lot of patients who say to me like if I just got all my moles taken off then I'd never get a melanoma but it doesn't work like that so it's actually a, a new lesion arising where you had nothing there before and then all of a sudden you see something that's changing in shape size colour so we use the A, B, C, D and E so um, an old mole that you've had forever if that changes a little that's not a concern that's still, no, a, concern. It's still a concern still a concern so 30% still of, yeah. of melanomas um, happen in a mole that was already there so if a mole changes it's, it's still important still get but 70% of them happen in just normal skin yeah. it just comes up all by itself so what Nikki is saying is you could get rid of every single mole in your body and you can still make sure. a melanoma yeah. um, because it, it can, you know 70% of the time it comes up in just normal skin okay mm. yeah 
So any mole that changes. Yeah. But yeah. so then we use the alphabet just to keep it simple for, for people to have kind of images in their head as to what we're, what we're looking for. But A is for asymmetry. So it's essentially, if you have a mole, you like to really be able to kind of cut it in half and it looks like the same on both sides. That the border should be smooth, not jagged edges. That the colour should be overall one colour and not kind of going, you know, dark, pink, dark. And that the diameter should be roughly less than six millimetres. But not to say to people that you can't have a bigger mole because there are congenital moles or moles that happen within the first couple of years of life and often they're you know on your back or somewhere like that that patients do have a mole since birth and it will be larger and um, so you can have bigger moles but if your mole is changing in size so that's why e is for evolution so if there's any change in shape or size or color you absolutely need to go to your doctor and have it checked out and so in that instance do you always have to go to a doctor to get referred to a dermatologist or can you just go directly to a dermatologist if you're under one already you can if not you have to go to a gp typically yeah, yeah you need yes. a referral letter from a gp really yeah. to get to any dermatologist yeah. yeah so let's say i had loads of moles and one looked a bit difficult different angry whatever it's an old one um and i get referred to one of you guys mm. then what happens so you'll come in for your consultation and you'll have a full skin check so we're not you just going to look, gonna at, look at the mole that you've come in with i've had this with katrina yeah. <laughs> and what we're looking for we check everywhere and looking inside your mouth we're checking your scalp you know genital people can have moles down in the genital skin yeah uh, soles of your feet in between your toes um so you'll have everything you're basically looking at moles that they tend to look like each other so no two people make the exact same type of moles but when you look at one person they tend to have moles that look similar to each other and we're looking for that ugly duckling essentially the one that stands out compared to all of your other moles so you will do a whole skin check for me and the one yeah. that I've brought you to that's changed yeah. will you just say it's fine will you take it off anyway what will you do with that we, well, we, we're also looking with our we've got a very yeah. special in- instrument that I've I think has, that. Re- yeah. Yeah, yeah. has revolutionised our practice yeah, absolutely, so yeah. I'll let Nikki explain yeah, what so it does it, it's basically magnifying up the skin and when we're looking at moles we're looking for it's, it's, it's the pattern of pigmentation the vessels that we might see in the skin so it's not just that we point the dermatoscope at every mole and the dermatoscope says bing and tells us this one has to come off that would be great if it did um it's it's using your your obviously your training and your knowledge of what you're looking for but sometimes you actually just go with your gut instinct and it's not necessarily the, the one that would jump out off the back but it just looks that bit different and of course if you suspect anything's wrong you're going to take it off under local anesthetic and often patients will come for their full skin check and you'll find something else so about four times a year i, I every year i've picked up melanoma in someone who came for something else so they might have been coming for for acne for example and you happen to be looking at the rack and you see something um, and then so in that instance will you say look we need to check everything now we need to have a full well we'll yeah, all we'll we'll look, we'll yeah. we'll we'll do, all, even if someone's yeah. there for acne you'll always do a we full we do a full skin yeah. check on everyone we on their first visit yeah. Yeah. yeah you know unless they're a cosmetic patient if they're coming for Botox yeah. you don't say take a full close yeah. um, but if they're coming for anything medical and we're taking their full medical history and everything else as well as dermatologists mm. um, you know certainly myself and Nikki I don't, I don't know if everybody does this but I feel like we have to check the whole mm. organ um, so we do we check all of the skin so um, you know mm. we've both picked up early yeah. melanomas in especially people. on like men's back or so, you know what I mean like you, you can't see your back easily um, and it's really or often the partners your leg or, yeah, or partners legs would often pick it up you know as opposed to the person themselves so this little device I've seen Katrina use it mm. so it's like a little like for want of a better word like a super amazing magnifying torch where you light. can kind of yeah. look and you yeah. guys use your expertise to say I'm not that happy with that or they all look okay and it's, yeah. it's the network of, of the pigment. pigment so it's the way the pigment is laid down within that mole there's specific patterns that are highly predictive of melanoma so um, say for example you come with your mole and it actually doesn't look all that bad to the naked eye but we look in and go god you know look at that pigment network yes this has to come off um now if your mole looked um you know atypical to the naked eye it would be coming off anyway the 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 dermatoscope isn't a um 
isn't fully diagnostic by itself it's an aid so if something looks completely benign i look in and i say yeah and that's a completely benign pigment network that doesn't need to come off um but if there's any question Just we are in the side of costume yeah. and, and yeah. it comes off um you know some have to come off more urgently than others obviously but um you know it's such an easy thing to take something off and yes you have um a small scar left there but you know for 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 what may have been so and and a change in somebody who's you know it's different when people are in their teens and things are still changing but in in somebody who's in their 30s or 40s something change a mold changing or or a new strange looking mold it just comes off yeah yeah okay so better safe than sorry always yeah because yeah. we will get reports come back say that this mole was mildly changing moderately changing so severely that was going to so you'll then send that off to be biopsied oh, or it, looked at to yeah, see what, what's in it analyzed, analyzed. Yeah. okay so i suppose just to, for people we all use that word biopsy just taking a small piece of a larger but you'll lesion. get that analyzed but when you're taking off. off moles we take we'll them take off in their okay. entirety okay um, so it's gone um, and then you'll get the report saying it was totally benign or even if it's mildly changing moderately changing severely changing it's still considered benign as in you, you've got you've got it before it has a chance to become melanoma it could so, become yeah. metastatic or yeah. anything else now there's the odd time when you know you've got it and it's severely changed and you, and you need take to take more, more around yeah. because yeah. you know you got it just in the nick of time sort of so thing. more around the circumference a few more millimeter of, yeah, of that. yeah just in yeah. case there were any little um microscopic cells left mm. behind that you're just making sure 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 that you have margins all the way around it. So you're talking singularly here, but some people must come in with like three or four and then you think, look, we're going to just take three or four of them off now. So, some come in with 200 yeah. modes. And yeah. you take them all off? No, no, no. But no. <laughs> well, that's no, what I mean though. Do you ever yet. take more than one? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. In one yeah. sitting? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 often. You know, yeah. there could be three or four modes that are, are atypical. Um, and we're not going to choose you, meaning, you know. No. It, you the, just go, the like those four need to come off. If they need to come off, they need to go. And if there's eight that need to go, eight need to go. And that's it. You know, you're not going to sit there and not be comfortable one staying on the mm. skin of someone um, mm. they may need to come for two different surgeries say to get 10 off yeah, okay. but you know I typically don't do more or five, more than 4 yeah, or 5 they just put a sitting. higher risk of infection and yeah. trying to uh, yeah, heal wounds with the local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 so we said like um, you know you've a little bit scarred but like so much worse could have happened what is the next step like how like melanoma is the much more serious one what's next that can spread through your body I so know yeah, you said so that one of the non melanoma can so we, you'll get a report saying that it's 0.6 of a millimetre in depth and then the gold standard of care in melanoma is your first surgery just removes it in its entirety mm-hmm. and the second surgery depends on the level how, how deep it is so if it's a nice thin early melanoma the person will just have a second surgery with a one centimetre margin and so it's not going into your system it's not going to get in your lymphs or but is there possible it's, it's for melanoma ha- to go into people's breasts like it, it can um, go everywhere lung, so kidney into your organs yeah it can go brain, into yeah. every organ pretty yeah. much and um, and to the brain and whatnot too you know the, the deep the thicker it is and the higher chance it has of metastasizing it's very unlikely when someone's first melanoma when their melanoma depth is less than one millimeter um it's, it's much less likely to ever be a problem for them and um, once they have that whole centimeter all the way around um you know the 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 the, the five-year survival is is the order of 90 to 95 percent um but when it's very deep um, that prognosis reduces significantly, um, especially you know, you know when you when you analyse them if it's gone to their lymph nodes, if it's gone mm. to their organs, um, you know it's much more serious. Now you know in recent times we we had we used to have those predictive survivals, 
um, there, new dr- treatments have been um, developed for the treatment of metastatic melanoma. So that's changed things. You know, the immune therapies. Immune therapies. And that um, treatment isn't like chemotherapy and radiotherapy. It, it's administered through a drip, um, but it doesn't, you know, make somebody's hair fall out and, uh, and then feel nauseous in the same way. They can have the treatments. It's very targeted now. Yeah, it's very targeted. Of it. they, mm-hmm. they still have side effects um, without a doubt. And they can inflame certain organs. Sometimes they can call inflammation, cause inflammation of the bowel or they can cause um, um, other or immune skin issues rashes and, yeah, and skin that, rashes yeah. that we, sometimes we have to deal with um, but but um, there, there are newer treatments coming all the time and, and, and a lot of them immune treatments to help to treat metastatic melanoma um, so luckily, you know, an awful lot of um, research has been done. Amazing people working in the field of research of melanoma. A lot of money has been put into it by um, uh, the big research bodies and by the pharma groups. So hopefully this will improve and improve because it is a young people's mm-hmm. disease. You know, it's one of the highest causes of cancer deaths in, in young, young people. people. Mm-hmm. Um and like what, like what is the likelihood of like how like how likely is it that someone could die from that kind of cancer? It all it depends, depends on the, on the stage. Depth. So okay. if you're looking stage. at stage zero to stage four. So what so you guys are talking about if you capture something like if I do come in and the mole that I present. Um, there is like it is a melanoma mm. but it's quite thin and you take that off and then obviously I'm going to be back to you every yeah. six months or a year to mm. be watched then I'm probably going to be yeah, fine. Yeah, so if you're stage you'll zero, know there will be other melanomas, yeah. but I'm, I'm But no, no not mm. necessarily, as in you would hope not either. It's only a rare person that would go on to have two so melanomas. So early intervention is key yeah, to not just saving your life, but it's yeah. the cure. It's yeah. getting it out of your system as quick mm. as possible. Um, so like to that end, would you suggest that, I don't know, not everyone can afford to go to a dermatologist or whatever, but like, should we not all be getting ourselves mole mapped or looked at at some I point? I think it was like standard of care, really. So in, in the in States, um, it, yeah. should, it should be, no? I, I had a lot of patients who came to me um, every year or every two years for a full skin check. And that was just what they did in the same way as they went to their gynecologist every year and they got their smear done whenever they were meant to get it done. And then they went on to get their mammograms done and whatnot. And it hasn't been proven as a screening system. Um, but the, I think the big problem in Ireland is we don't have the capacity, certainly not in the public system. And even in the private system, there's, you know, there is a way for dermatolo- dermatologists. So absolutely, if someone opts to do it, they would likely have to do it in the private system. Though, Sorry, they, they cannot do it in the public system. The public system is to treat actual skin issues, yeah, disease, conditions, yeah. you know, when a GP refers them with a problem. So if someone's doing it in a preventative way, it, it would have to be in, um, with a private dermatologist. Um, but if you have used sunbeds over the years, if you have gone on a lot of sun holidays, if you have burnt excessively, yeah. if you have been out in factor four oil or whatever, all mm. of these things that I've done, by the way, yeah. like lived two seasons and her sonus has basically turned the colour of a mahogany table and loved it, then you probably should, if you can manage to get an appointment yeah. and pay for it, you probably should be under dermatologist just to keep an eye because it is likely that those things could lead to having problems in the area of skin uh, and, and they're good, especially if you're somebody who has um, ha- has moles, a good few moles. Yeah. Um, you know, I think... Just um, to be honest, if yeah. people are listening and they have any of the things yeah. I've just said, they did yeah. those things in their, in their younger years, yeah. it's better to watch it. And, and you're, you're, you're younger than we are, um, Claire. But, but definitely our generation. Our generation it, yeah. all did that, um, including mm-hmm. myself, before <laughs> I decided to go into dermatology. So, um, And I've had, um, you know... Uh, what was what was almost a melanoma inside you on my toe and and i know it was 
was because you know I I would I'd be out there at 8 a.m. with my oil on you know for for 10 hours in the day you know it was there was a real um sun tan addiction in Ireland there still is but now luckily it's fake tan addiction and I'm one of them too um you know I, I'm a big believer in in self tanner and fake tan and there's nothing dangerous about self tanner fake tan is there except the, the, the very odd c- smell and the <laughs> yes, ruined sheets yeah, and the, yeah, although yeah, they've improved vastly I think over really the years haven't they? if you're um, at a wedding you can just smell a kind of low home <laughs> of fake tan so you're like what is that and it's like yeah it's just a lot of fake tan in the room it smells sort of cornflake years yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. The, the uh, very occasionally people can react to yeah. stuff, but, but not Yeah. But then just stop using and it's yeah. gone. Like yeah, there's yeah, no. Yeah. And that's it. Danger. No. Um, you know the 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 um, component in it is dihydroxyacetone, um, and um, it's been shown to be safe at the levels that it's that's used in it. Um, but if you've had so, like excessive sun exposure or sunbed use, which a lot of people have, it's worth knowing this information and keeping an eye on it. Yeah. Because it, it, yeah. you're likely. Yeah. is much higher and especially if you've got some moles on your back and on the backs of your legs you really can't see them you need somebody else to be looking at them you're just not going to see those subtle changes and what about this for me there is probably nobody who's in the category not a lot of sun exposure but I know loads of people like my aunt for example would have had loads of large moles um, and she would have got them checked and a lot of them are fine they might take one or two of them off but they're like no they're fine like mm-hmm. is that that can be the case they yeah. can absolutely be grand you're oh just the yeah, majority, majority of cases are, are. thankfully you know, uh, okay. and what's good to you know, you know is to know that they're all okay at this point in time and if there's any changes in any of them going forward, then that's not okay. You yeah. know, and a lot of people will come just once just to have a check all over, make sure everything's okay. And, th- and they want to continue, they'll continue to monitor them themselves, themselves if yeah. they've gone on their back. But I think it's the back that can be a problem for people. Um, <laughs> and then there's the men who, who come in and they have, um, their wives have circled, you know, a whole <laughs> lot of moves on them that they're worried of. And they're, they're worried about and they're worried are changing and whatnot too. So um, I think it's a great thing to know each other's moves. Um, uh, although women are much better at doing it than men. And I'm not just being sexist here. There was a study Scientific that showed studies, that yeah. women are nine times better at detecting an abnormal really? role on, on yeah. their partner than the other way around. I don't around. know why I sound surprised. I'm not remotely surprised. Even actually, though the men anyway. are more likely to put the fake tan on the back and they see it more often. But yeah, they, they don't, don't look at themselves much. as much, I think. Um, <laughs> So just to finish up, and I know we've probably said it already, we said it in every podcast, but let's just, again, like what are the simple tips for preventing skin cancer? Like you said earlier, sunblock, but we've talked before about, I said, is a factor 50? You guys said, it didn't have to be factor 50. Like yeah, Anything no. over factor 30. Okay. You know, so there, it's... Um, is that I think not sunblock though? That's just... No, but you see, I suppose the cheapest way to protect your skin is clothing. And, and but that's for your true. face that's not yeah, going to be an so option it, so for the summer months definitely I would say 40 and above and for the winter months so 365 days a year 30 and above but it has to be broad spectrum so taking care of UVA and UVB so UVA is the rays that are there all year round and they can penetrate through glass so if you're driving your car that's why most Irish people would have a bit more sun damage than the right side of their face a bit more wrinkling so that's where even indoors you're going to need some sun cream and yeah, right and, hand. yeah and your right yeah. hand yeah. you know on the steering wheel and is whatever's in your foundation or moisturiser likely to be good enough no so that will help for it sure helps, so there's no question yeah. and I think that's protected a lot of women through the years as well um, and not but men it's not yeah. it's not as good as using um, you know a, a physical blocker Block. if you can mm. do that you're doing as best as you can and for men your hat and your protect your ears so, so yeah. um, sun factor zinc based sun factor for at least 30 in the summer months 40 um, shade in the dangerous parts of the sun don't yeah. go chasing the sun really yeah, don't be trying yeah. to be a sun worshiper I, and avoiding the, the few hours either side of what three. we call solar noon exactly yeah. when the sun is even here in Ireland yeah, like the yeah. Myth again, I mean, the only months of the year really because we did a lot of physics behind this in Ireland that you can't get um, proper UV exposure when the index is too low is January 
And every other month you can get small amounts of cumulative damage. And yet we do need sun exposure for us to feel happy and get vitamin D. So mm-hmm. it's about doing that where you get some outdoor time and yeah. you yeah. have to get your sunblock you, you on. You can do that and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be harming your skin. You can do that with the sunblock on. Mm. But I think the most important thing not to do some bits yeah you know absolutely. i don't know how they're still legal um they're only recently have only recently been made illegal for under 18 teens, yeah yeah but that still doesn't happen unfortunately you do see people going and into people gyms communions, them yeah, yeah putting them communion on, yeah. children on some beds i mean that's like put them in prison stuff i think but anyway yes, um yes, so yeah avoid some beds at all costs sunblock over 30 at least 40 mm-hmm. possibly and then in the shade avoid the really dangerous sun parts but there's nothing wrong with being out in the fresh air as long as you have your sunblock yeah, on exactly. yeah. and why shouldn't and we think about your wrinkles though as in as in 80 to 90 percent of your wrinkles are from uv exposure so yeah, that's you probably the thing you get people quicker yeah, yeah, saying yeah. that that's you don't get wrinkles thing. in your bum yeah you know apart from the faffles but you saw what i used to lie out when i was on her sonnets i probably did but anyway okay thanks a million ladies Thank you for listening to the Dermatology SOS podcast. For more information, you can see us online or on Instagram at Institute of Dermatologists. Talk to you soon. <laughs>